here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. The Ten Commandments were not ten suggestions. I think, well, I could lie, or I could steal, or I could lust, or I could do whatever I want to do. I tell you, it's accumulating. The bill is going to come due. And when wrath comes, it will be poured out. The scripture tells us it will. Amassing a storehouse of judgment. One day God's going to say, I've had enough. Pastor Ed today reminds us about the purpose behind the Ten Commandments, and really all of the commandments that Jesus gave us. They are not suggested activities. These are the basis by which Christians should be living. Now as sinful people, we will never get these right the first time and we will never be perfect. That's where awareness and repentance are so necessary, but also where grace and redemption come into play. God will forgive if we ask, and we should do so often. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, God's Wrath. When Israel wandered from God, he judged his people. When in unbelief they refused to believe him and accept what he said, they had to wander in the wilderness for a whole generation, 40 years of walking in circles. Jesus, when he was rejected, spoke of judgment coming on that nation. And in 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed. As the invading Romans came in and plundered the city, Oh, God judges sin. Billy Graham was often noted to say that if God doesn't judge our times, our communities, that he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will judge sin. He did it in the past. He does it in the present. Paul makes this argument in the book of Romans. His wrath is being revealed. It's constantly being revealed. One of the ways that God judges sin is by letting people go into their sin. When they violate their conscience and they break his laws, God may say, okay, you want your uncleanness? Go. You want to live in vileness? Go. You want a reprobate mind? I'll give you over to that. That's what Romans tells us, that God allows people to be judged as they're sucked into their own sin and drawn deeper and deeper into iniquity. And that's a form of judgment. God intervened time and time again in Scripture and judged his nation and judged other nations. He sent Jonah to preach to Nineveh, speaking about a judgment to come. And if you study church history, you'll note that God used men with a prophetic voice who would speak judgment to a nation. But it seems that those on national television and televangelists, now I'm not saying all of them, and it seems behind the pulpits, so many people are only preaching a message that is palatable to tickle men's ears and to make them feel good and say, oh, tomorrow is going to be better than yesterday. No, no, we need to tell people that unless they get their life right with God, tomorrow may not be better than yesterday. I believe that the church 
has to historically, has to presently be true to what Jesus taught us to do and to say and to be. We must preach that God is a righteous God and will not wink at sin. Now, I know we don't always see God respond immediately, but he will respond in 1 Timothy 5, 24, it says, The sins of some men are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. So they're judged right here, right now, at this point. Some, their sins follow behind them, it says. The sins of others trail behind them. That means it's going to catch up. It's going to catch up. Because what we sow we inevitably reap. It's a law that God has put into the moral universe, that God has put into our world. Church, God judged sin in the past. He judges it in the present. And he will judge it in the future. Listen just a few of these references. See, there is going to be a judgment day in all of the events of our time when we see catastrophic things in nature. The... Insurance forms, if they still have acts of God. Uh, it used to say, you know, if something happened like an act of God, meaning some catastrophic event that happened. I know that this whole world is under the wrath of God. It was, in a sense, the ground was cursed when Adam and Eve sinned. And all of these events that transpire should remind us of a coming judgment. Should remind us that someday there will be a day of accountability. All of the things that we see, earthquakes and floods and hurricanes and fires and all of the horrific things that happen are nothing compared to a final day of judgment when every man and every woman will stand before Almighty God. In Matthew 25, it says, Hell will be everlasting fire, on and on. And the Bible teaches there will be a hell. No matter what some liberals say, and no matter what some cults say, there is a place called hell. There is a lake of fire that goes on forever and ever. In Revelation 20, 15, it says a lake of fire. And Jesus talks about outer darkness and gnashing of teeth. It's going to be a place of punishment of fire where there's no light that fire won't give off light it's going to be a different type of fire there is a place of eternal punishment beloved that's why there ought to be an urgency about our life perhaps the church has lost its sense of urgency because we've lost our sense of a future day of judgment god help us in Revelation chapter 6, verses 15 to 17, Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. Who can stand? People praying and their prayers won't be answered. People running and no place to hide. See, in the book of Revelation, again and again you have references to the wrath of God. 
There's coming a day, a judgment. His wrath is a demonstration of his holiness. It's a demonstration of his righteousness. If God did not judge sin, he would not be almighty God. And this present world deserves judgment. There's not one single human being except Jesus Christ that ever lived a totally righteous life. And every other single human being deserves the judgment of God. We deserve judgment. Our world deserves it. Man's sinfulness deserves God's wrath. John the Baptist preached the judgment of God. Now, he would not make a good televangelist. I'm telling you, he would not be accepted in our culture. They wouldn't want to listen to him. First of all, his dress. Secondly, his diet. And thirdly, his bluntness. But listen to his words. Uh, John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. Imagine calling your audience snakes. I mean, uh, he's speaking to a religious group here. Uh, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? The Old Testament prophets, the men of God, spoke of a coming day of wrath. The church must speak of a coming day of judgment. If we are going to be faithful to the scripture, true to our God, and faithful as a voice to this world, we cannot, please hear me, we cannot be just politically correct so that we forget to speak what the Bible speaks and say what the Bible says. See, we have to be bold. I don't care if they laugh you out of school and you talk about hell. I don't care at work if you talk about the judgment of God and suddenly they snicker and say oh those prehistoric people they're out of date and out of touch with the times I'd rather be out of date and out of touch with the times and in touch with my God and in touch with the eternal truth than anything else see God's wrath is directed against sinful humanity in Romans 1.18, it reads, men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. What it's saying, it's like, a, it's like a little boy trying to hide a puppy. He has to hide that. Maybe he's hiding it under his bed, doesn't want his parents to know. He can't suppress the truth. Men and women can't just quiet their conscience. God put a conscience inside of you. And when you're wrong, you know it. And when you're disobedient, you know it. And God will speak to your heart. And you'll be accountable for that. You'll be accountable for that. Others may not know, but you know. There has to be the sense of fear of God that's restored to his church. See, God gave men a conscience. They know right from wrong. God gave us general revelation. We're trying to erase the fingerprints of God from creation. We're trying to say that God hasn't created the world that he has created. We're trying to say that it just happened. They want to say that because they don't want an accountability to God. If we acknowledge that there's a creator, we acknowledge that there's accountability and we acknowledge that one day we'll have to give account to God. People don't want to do that. So our culture has devised foolish 
theories that they've lifted to the level of science and they've proclaimed it more true than the scriptures. Beloved, God gave us general revelation. He has revealed himself throughout his creation. He gave us special revelation. His signature is on this book. This is a book that transcends cultures and times. Uh, this is his word. But the culture will tell us it's a bunch of stories and fables. And I was dismayed when I talked to a minister friend that I knew for years. And this minister friend of mine said, Well, I don't believe in the inspiration of Scripture in the way you do. It ripped my heart out. I thought, what can you preach then? What can you teach? This man who had known, how could that happen? But across pulpits in our land and across the pews, and people are no longer acknowledging this as the true guide to life. God speaks through his word. Let's not ignore it. Man is building up an account that will be paid in full. He may be charging, but just like a credit card, one day that bill's going to come due. One day the creditor's going to call. One day the account is going to have to be given. In Romans chapter 2, verses 5 to 6, because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed... God will give to each person according to what he has done. It's accumulating. People laugh. They take God's name in vain all the time. Look at how television and, and media and movies has changed. Look how they mock the reverent and they mock the religious. And the Christians are laughing at it too. For people who take God's name in vain... There's going to be a day of account to treat God's day lightly. The Ten Commandments were not ten suggestions. They think, well, I could lie, or I could steal, or I could lust, or I could do whatever I want to do. I tell you, it's accumulating. The bill is going to come due. And when wrath comes, it will be poured out. The Scripture tells us it will amassing a storehouse of judgment. One day God's going to say, I've had enough. You've pushed too far. You've gone beyond the boundary. Beloved, I know the messages have been a little different, but I'm praying that they stir our hearts together as a congregation. I pray that the fear of God would come, that people would walk softly in God's presence, recognizing that He sees and He watches and He knows and He hears. And God is watching, even though judgment may be held off for a while. In His patient love, He may endure for a while. But I tell you, we need to start saying, God, bring holiness back to the church and bring it back to our nation. May there be godliness and righteousness. See, God's going to judge sin. I am thankful and grateful that God provides a refuge from his wrath. It's real. It's going to be the most 
awful thing in all the world where men and women, great and small, will be judged for all eternity. There is a hell that's everlasting, that never ends. That's why the church ought to have a sense of urgency. Peter tells us, seeing and understanding these things, we ought to live our lives as strangers in this present world. This ought not be the residence that we live in. This ought not be where we put down, as it were, our roots, because we're just passing through. We ought to be doing all that we can to win people into the kingdom, to live for the honor and the glory of God because soon this present world is going to be over in a moment's time it's all going to come to a screeching halt to an end and the grace of God provides a refuge from that coming wrath take refuge in his grace in 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead even Jesus who delivered us from the wrath to come. It's Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. It's not trust in a religious system. It's not trust in your good works. It's not trusting in what you do for the church or what you do for any organization. It's trust in one thing and one thing alone, the blood of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, when he hung there, he took all of God's wrath, all of God's anger, the hell that you deserved. You need to take refuge in that cross, refuge in Calvary. It's not in Rome. It's not in Jerusalem. It's not so much in Washington. It's not in any other in Springfield, Missouri. I know that the place of refuge is Old Mount Calvary outside of the gates of Jerusalem where Jesus shed his blood and where you take refuge. Beloved, we are saved through Jesus Jesus Christ, in Romans 5, 9, since we have now been justified by His blood, you are not justified by some sacrament. Hear me? I think of the millions of people that have lost their eternal well-being. They have lost eternal life because they've trusted in the words of some clergy who said, don't worry, we'll get you to heaven. Just trust in us. Don't trust your salvation with anybody but Jesus Christ because there's one mediator between God and man. There's one person to put your trust and confidence in. Take refuge in Jesus. Come running, come running, come running, come running to that mercy seat. Put your trust in Him. Put your faith in Him. Don't have a false loyalty to some religious system or to some religious leaders, but have a loyalty to Jesus Christ who died for your sins. He lived the life that you could never live. He lived a perfect life. He kept God's law completely. And when you put your trust in Him, there's an exchange. He takes your judgment and you take His righteousness. You take the hell and the wrath of God that was poured out on Him and He, he gives you His grace. The life that He lived is imputed to you. Ah, to reject God's grace is to stand without the Lamb of God before the judgment seat. We are saved through Jesus Christ. 
Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath through him? Beloved, someday we'll be able to stand before Almighty God. We'll be able to stand before him not in robes of our own works that we have sown by our own hands, that we have somehow weaved by our own good deeds. No, we'll need a robe of righteousness that Jesus purchased on Calvary, that he purchased on the cross, that he purchased for you, that he purchased for me, putting our trust in what Jesus did. Church, it doesn't mean, please don't be like the Jews of Jesus' time who put their trust in the fact that they were of the lineage of Abraham, the fact that they were the children of Abraham. They said, that's enough. I hear Christians say, well, I was saved 15 years ago. Are you still saved today? Well, I I walked with God 10 years ago. Well, tell me, are you walking with God now? Jesus told us in John chapter 15, He that abides in me. And that Greek word is meno. You continue to abide. Paul tells us that he was concerned about his own salvation, lest he make shipwreck of his life. Jesus says, He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. We ought to be those type of people that are persistent and consistent and will run after God with all that they have. I assure you, I assure you, I assure you that if you run after God with all your heart, He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Young people, I can remember growing up in the church and I remember young people that were so on fire for God, prayed at the altars, loved the Lord, but somehow something happened in their life. Maybe it was a relationship with another young person. Maybe it was the love of this present world. But that ardor, that fervor, that devotion for God disappeared. And now they are no longer saved, no longer walking with God. You and I must endure to the end. And if we do, he'll not take our name out of the book of life, the Bible tells us. Beloved, let's be that type of follower of Jesus Christ that we preach a message that is faithful. I'd rather be known and popular in heaven than popular on earth where just everything changes in a moment's time where you could be popular one day and the next day you can be just considered nothing. I'd rather have God's favor than men's favor. Let's begin to say, Lord, we want your favor on our lives. We want your approval on our lives and we will live such a life. We will walk such a life and we'll be faithful to teach your word. I know that it's difficult in school where you stand up and you talk about God being the creator and they're saying, no, 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 that's just a a fable. He is the real stuff. Let me tell you one day when they stand before Almighty God, every lie that they have taken refuge, every falsehood that they have fabricated to to build as it were uh, a defense against the conviction of the Holy Spirit will be knocked away. We need to be bold and to be strong and to be a godly people. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith. 
with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's look at the Gospel of John. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media plan. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or a friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Gospel of John right here on Voice of Faith.